Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Friday, and this is day three of our 40-day journey through the season of Lent. We begin this season by hearing the truth about our sin, the limits of our own mortality, and we hear God's love for us and the amazing grace that has saved us in Jesus Christ our Lord. We begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, O God, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Praise to the blessed and holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever, who gives us life, salvation, and resurrection. The Son of Righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hands are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. A reading from Genesis chapter 2 and chapter 3. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day you eat of it you shall die. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may not eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God knowing good from evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. So first we heard the commandment. God says, you shall not eat from the fruit of this tree. Then we skip to that moment when the serpent's tempting the human beings to eat from the fruit of that same tree. This is the foundational sin, the original sin. 
and what God does with human beings next is the major storyline of the rest of the Bible. And because this story and what this story says about human beings and their relationship with God is so important to how the rest of the story comes together for us, a story that now includes us and our everyday life and the everyday life of the world around it, it is a story that is well worth returning to with an open minds and open hearts again and again, time and time again. It is a story we never really quite master, even though it is easy enough for a young child to comprehend. It is a story that is intricate in all of its detail, and thousands of years later still tells us something about ourselves and the world in which we live. It would be well worth the time and effort of spending some extensive study and conversation around this story. This isn't the place for that, however. If you would like to, if you'd be interested in participating in a study or discussion group on these first few chapters of Genesis, let me know. We can organize something online, I'm sure. What I want to point out this morning, though, is is that a simple reading of this story, a simple reading that goes something like, God gave a commandment, human beings broke a commandment, breaking that commandment is sin, doesn't even begin to capture what is going on here. Maybe the key thing for our understanding about this passage as it appears for us in this first week in Lent is to consider what it says about the human ability to tell good from evil. At the very beginning of the passage, the commandment God gives is actually more of a limit. It's a boundary. All of this is yours. You may eat of any tree within this garden. All of this is for your benefit And your job is to tend and nurture and care for it, and in that we'll do this and dwell together. So you may eat of every tree, but there is a limit. There is a boundary line that human beings dare not cross, because in doing so, they will fracture the relationship with their Creator, fracture the relationship with God, and in that way is a way that leads to death. In some ways, That sin has already taken place the moment these human creatures decide to act according to their own ability to tell good from evil. When the woman looks at the fruit, she sees that the tree is good, the fruit is desirable, the whole thing promises wisdom, and already in that process she has decided that to eat of the fruit is good, and to obey the limit of God's word is evil. That the tree is named the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is no coincidence. That is precisely the struggle of this moment. Human beings believe that we can come to conclusions about what is good and what is evil all on our own, without regard for or appeal to God's word, God's will, or God's purposes for this world. And that helps us to understand how and why Jesus rests, anchors his faith in the Heavenly Father on his trust in God's word and promises found in Scripture, especially when he is tempted by the devil in the wilderness. As we'll see tomorrow, Satan presents Jesus with three choices that appear to be good, wise, and for the improvement and betterment of the world. But that also, at the same time, look to tease out a presumptuousness that says Jesus can decide for himself without any reference to his relationship to the Heavenly Father, 
what is the direction that his ministry can take. Jesus insists that his life, his ministry, and eventually his death and resurrection are to be according to God's word, God's will, and God's promise, as it is found in Scripture. This story and the story of Jesus' temptation in the wilderness are not just simple stories of obeying God's commandment and resisting the temptation to break the commandment. These are stories that say something about human beings, about the limit of our nature, about our inability to truly tell what is good and evil, our troubled relationship with God, and Jesus' mission to redeem a fallen humanity through his death and resurrection. And this brief meditation this morning should bring up within you more and more questions about what it means to be human in this world and in a relationship with our Creator God. So I hope that exploring those deeper questions of faith and life triggered by an honest engagement with God's Word will be part of our journey together through Lent. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord, who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation for the abundant grace and mercy that we find, for the way that you feed us, for the way that we receive life within this creation, for the new creation that comes to us in Christ and for all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the redemption not only of ourselves but of this whole world, for the gift of relationship with others, restored and renewed, and for the joy of the communion of faith in your church. For who else, for what else are we thankful today? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all of your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for those who govern the nations of the world, for the people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare, for all who work for peace and international harmony, for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land, for the sick, for the mourning, for those in pain. For who else, for what else do we pray today? We give thanks to you, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, 
that you have protected us through the night from all harm and danger. We ask that you would also protect us today from sin and all evil, so that our life and our actions may please you. Into your hands we commend ourselves, our bodies, our souls, and all that is ours. Let your holy angels be with us, so that the wicked foe may have no power over us. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. Ever-living God, author of creation, we give you thanks for your gift of water that brings life and refreshes the earth. We bless and praise you for by water and the word we are cleansed from sin and receive everlasting life. Join us again this day to the saving death of Christ. Renew in us the living fountain of your grace and raise us with Christ Jesus to live in newness of life. For you are merciful, and you love your whole creation, and with all of your creatures we give you glory, through your Son, Jesus Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, who gives us new birth by water in the Holy Spirit and forgives us all of our sin, strengthen us in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.